want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. Round two, fight. Welcome back to the Storm Cellar, the final season Storm Cellar, I guess, Ray, for us, with the Hurricanes being eliminated by the Rangers in a game seven. Another fantastic year talking to you, sir, and of oh. watching Kane's hockey. Uh, I hate that it has to come to you know kind of an end, but this is kind of the end of one season and and you know, in a few weeks, we'll be starting the new season, right? So, hundred percent. Have you? Re- I've kind of recovered some. What about yourself? Uh, you know, that's a that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I will let everyone in on a little bit of the background here. I thought that we would we would try to record this one a little bit earlier in the week to kind of give a, a a breakdown to be say like right on top of it and you know circumstances just it didn't work out for us to do it that way and it's probably for the best that yeah. it didn't because there uh, there is this one really stings and uh i that's a feeling that is echoed by a number of players in their exit interviews and so forth, which we'll get to later in the program. Um, Neither one of us imagined that it would end like this. And not many people around the league believed it would end like this, this way either. So it's unfortunate, but you know, you, you and I are a plucky couple of jerks. We're going to be able to survive this and we're going to wrap it up. We're going to, we're going to kind of cover it all here in this episode. Um, No guests today. And not not our first rodeo. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's uh, no, no guests today, just me and you uh, kind of the way it started. Uh, That does not mean that we're not accepting people into the storm cellar. Uh, In fact, we've got plans coming up for later on in the season or later on in the year um which we'll tell you about a little bit later on so um yeah i am i'm okay but it still really hurt it still really hurt and let's kind of let's kind of get into it we're gonna start uh with game seven let's break it down um what what more do you say other than perhaps the turning point in the game happened within the first two minutes, and that was the toe save by Shesterkin on Turbo, uh, where he was point blank in the slot on almost a guaranteed goal, and somehow he kicked his leg out. That was maybe the first p- turning point. Um, that was the turning point of the game. But then when it really came down to it, uh, Ranta doing another Gumby save in the second, uh, what should have been a goal, he was beat and he threw his leg out there and he made the save, but buggered up his knee. And that was it. And Kochekov, yeah. we love Peter. Pete. 
Piotr, rather. Uh, we love him. But that is a unbelievable amount of pressure and spot to be in going in cold. Um, I don't Especially know, what... for somebody straight, you know, more or less straight from the KHL. I mean, he did come up and play almost a month in the AHL. But for, for me, the turning point, I, I, all, all season, you could watch the Canes and they would get down and I'd go, that's okay. They're in this. Yeah. With the exception of two or three games where we went, they just don't have it. Right. And the playoffs have been different in that when they're forechecking and they're mm-hmm. controlling the puck, you go, this is going to go well. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, they don't have it. And, and it's not even an effort thing, right? I mean, the effort is there, but the effort and execution aren't, aren't, you know, harmonized. Cohesive. Yeah. And, and, and you could, you could tell fairly early in that game, this might be a long one. The turning point for me, the, the point where I, where I kind of started saying, okay, unfortunately, I, I think this is, this is the season was when Truba ran through Jarvis. Oh, and I, and we, that's a whole separate, was the hit legal? Yes. Was it clean? In my opinion, a clean hit is is not trying to injure a guy, and a dirty hit is when you are. So was it legal? Yes. Was it also dirty? Yes. And then the referees actually call too many men on the ice on the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. which led to the second Rangers goal. Yeah. How how do you call too many men with a guy who can't stand up? I understand by the letter of the rule you can make that call, but how, how do you, as a professional referee, yeah. The, the rule is to keep a team from having an advantage. That's the reason for the rule is that you can't get six players on the ice and have an advantage. Yeah. How is a kid who, a 20-year-old kid who just got laid out, struggling yeah. to get to the bench, how is that an advantage in any way, shape, or form? It's, it's Yeah. It, it, I was so mad. I, Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably good we didn't record immediately because I I'm still mad about that. Yeah, you know what? And and Brad, I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. Um, I I was not I was not so much. Look, there's a lot of anger to go around there. Uh, Truba hits to hurt every time. That's the way he plays. He hits to hurt everyone when he's not diving. And the Jarvis, I love the competitive spirit. I wish he would have just laid there. Right. You know what I mean? Had he just laid there. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not criti- like that. This is not a criticism of him. I want to make sure that is yeah. absolutely obvious, obvious. The competitive spirit for him to get off the ice because he knew he was in trouble. I can't even believe it. Like the effort that he puts in every night. That's what I love. I absolutely most consistent love it. forward, maybe in the playoffs. No question. No question. It may not always have turned up on the, on the score sheet, but his effort and what he did was amazing, was amazing. Not always on this score sheet, but on every shift, you could see what he was doing and it was impressive. Um, the, I, I looked at it and I watched the replay and I said, I know you desperately want to get onto the ice to, 
make up for that, he's got to be closer. When he, if he had waited for maybe another second, he he might have been able to the, like they that that call wouldn't have happened if he waited for another second because Jarvis would have been that much closer. But in inevitably, if he had just laid there like he was out like out and incapacitated, the whistle would have blown eventually. And it's like a maybe it's a mini power play or whatever for like ten five ten seconds. And then once we get control of the puck, which we could have, then the whistle would blow because someone's hurt. But Jarvis was hurt earlier and they didn't blow the whistle either on that one. So I I understand mm-hmm. the um, dichotomy there, what I'm saying. Uh, Jarvis, man, that was, that was devastating. That it, was it, devastating. It, re- it really was. I, I got to see most of the second period and then I had to put my son to bed and my wife offered to do it. And I said, no, I'm, you know, <laughs> this one's unfortunate. This one's kind of in the bag and I'm just, yeah. I, I need some, I need some time. So I, I need something happy. Right. So yeah. Uh, by the time I put my son to bed, of course the game is over at that point. And, yeah. uh, and, and I, I went back and unpaused it and finished watching it, but that, that was, that was a her, I, between the top six, really top nine guys mm-hmm. in that series, I think there was one goal. You it can't. Was, you just. It, throughout this series and the Boston series, the Boston series wasn't maybe quite as bad because they dominated so well in home ice. Yeah. It was a lot closer with the Rangers. So you knew game seven wasn't a lock. Like I felt pretty good going into it. Um, I, I had a sign, Ray. I should have known. Uh, I I have been looking for a game used Raleigh Ice Haps jersey. Yeah. And there was one up for bid on eBay. And the yeah. auction closed that afternoon. Oh, yeah. And I was sitting there and me and another guy were in a bidding war to see who was going to get it. And I lost because I he finally got to a point. I said, nope, I'm just. I know yeah. my limit and I'm not going to go above it. And it actually is somebody who I, who I kind of know through a, a, a game worn collectors. So when I lost that Jersey, I said, that is, that is a bad omen for the day. Oh, really? oh there you and go. And so we spent well, the rest of the day, the pool on, cooking yeah. out and, and, but I was like, that is, that is not good. But to, to get back to the hockey, the there's plenty of blame to go around. Yep. I have seen blame on the coaching staff that goes up to it, including firing Rod Brindamore, which is just what? the silliest notion I've ever heard of. Jeff Daniels, who I believe is is running the power play, I've seen a lot of people talking about Jeff Daniels being gone, and he's been in he's been in that position a long time. I don't know that I can defend him as much. No, but I will say that a lack of really doing anything to switch up the power play not really shuffling guys around except for just a little bit you know you don't try like an umbrella or an overload uh you know you don't try a a a one three one (laughs) Um, yeah that's coaching that that is that is rod staff being out coached yep by teams who watch enough film to say, well, we know everybody on Twitter and Facebook, uh, all the fans, we all know what the power play is going to look like before it happens. 
Yeah. That's a coaching problem. So the, the Hurricanes, both the coaching staff and the players have a lot to look at this offseason. I think the I think part of the issue is the Hurricanes need to get a little bigger. We've got a lot of guys, 5'10", 5'11", 6'1", which is great until you run into a team like the Rangers who have, you know, Reeves and Truba. And yeah. Truba has tried to turn himself into like the modern day Scott Stevens, right? Yep. He's he's going out there to see if he can get he's he's going out there to see if he can knock guys out of the game. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And the league is gonna let him do it. And I, I, I always say I hate that kind of play. But at the same time, if the league's not gonna do anything about it, yeah. Then you then, gotta play the game that way then, too. Then, then if you gotta play the game that way, then you gotta play the game that way to win. I, I don't like it at all. I would rather see the league actually do something about 20-year-old kids like Jarvis getting laid out. Yeah. You know, um, we'll talk about exit interviews shortly, but you know, when I saw that hit, my first thought was Shane Willis, who is now oh, yeah. become a, a great broadcaster. He was never the same after no. uh, Scott Stevens hit him. He, he, sure he kicked around the NHL a couple more years, but he and, and another one, David Tanabi, New Canes fans probably won't even recognize that name. Oh, David man. Tanabi was an up and coming puck moving defenseman. Yep. Not great defensively, as none of the offensive defensemen are. Right. But he got laid out. And as to the best of my knowledge, as of within this, the last couple of years, he still has headaches and, and is suffering from post concussion syndrome. You can't, the yeah. league has to do something. I, I don't want to take hard hits out of the game, but we see hard hits in things like Olympic hockey and the European hockey leagues where they don't elevate through the people's heads. You go no, from the shoulder through the body. That's fine. Yeah. The, the hits like Trub and Trub is like six, eight. So he's a big dude. And, and, and when he elevates, he knows, he knows the result. And oh, I understand yeah. that people go, it's legal. Uh, somebody tweeted the other day, the NHL rule book, you know, the NHL says it'll take us about five years to rewrite the rule book. And my answer was, okay, get, get on started. <laughs> get start on with, it. Start with goaltender interference and then start with hits to the head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to disagree with you there. I, and, I'm cranky I, and if y'all can't tell. <laughs> What's that? I said I'm still cranky if y'all can't tell. No, no, no. <laughs> and and you know what? And and rightfully so. This was um, because I think there's not a person on the team who isn't cranky about the situation because this was you put it perfectly. Uh, a couple of episodes back, you talked about this being uh, a great window of opportunity. And for the past two years, before this season, we, you know, we had done well, like we were in the playoffs and moving upward, get, getting better, getting better and growing. But we stalled out here. We stalled out here and we've got a bit, a little bit of avalancheitis going on now. And we're trying to find that next level. And what annoys the hell out of me is the fact that those people who suggest that the hurricanes don't have the superstars to push them over the edge, to get them further 
are kind of, I, I don't want to say that they're onto something, but they've been proven right based on the results. That the stars that we have who are superstars, I'm sorry, Aho, superstar, Svechnikov, superstar. We have unbelievable skill and talent, all star players. Okay. That agreed. That every team in the league would give their left leg and their right to have on their squad. No question. No question. They haven't found what they need to do to get to that next level. This one really stings, and it's going to sting for a while. And we've heard that was an echo through all of the exit interviews. Um, Before we get there, the series in general, like you said, we just did not get enough from the, we just didn't get enough. The penalty kill. The penalty kill was horrendous. And, and the that penalty kill was from guys horrendous. who should know better. Yes. Ian yes. Cole the, and the and the discipline. The discipline was uh, just not there. They did not have the and what what it was frustrating was they were saying over and over and over again we have to be more disciplined. We have to not be find ourselves in the penalty box. And then they go out that very next game and take two, three penalties. And some of them just terrible, (laughs) terrible judgment. You're in Calgary. So so maybe people listening will find this funny. This year's Hurricanes are like the Chuck Amato NC State Wolfpack. (laughs) Dynamic, explosive, put up points, could win a lot of games, and just did the most boneheaded things at the most boneheaded times repeatedly. Yeah. And then you interview the coach. He goes, "We got to do better at penalties." And what's the one thing that they don't do better at the next game? Penalties. Yeah, they would the, say the, it over the, and the over NC State again. fans are, are are probably holding their face and nodding. Yeah, the UNC and Duke fans are laughing and going, "Yeah, that's that." This was this was a Chuck Amato NC State football year for the Hurricanes. Isn't it? Isn't that the case? And it's uh, I I don't even know. I don't even know what to say like about all that. The guys, it, it was, it was just frustrating. And I, I don't know if they, 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 they just kind of fell back on, I don't know if their success in the penalty kill in the regular season gave them a false sense of security or just what we're a great penalty kill. We can get through this. And then you come up with, you cannot give talent like Zabinijad, Kreider, Panarin, Fox. You can't give those guys the opportunity over and over and over again in the game. Even, and especially in the playoffs, even one power play goal can be enough. Especially when you got Shesterkin in the back. You know what I mean? Every every power play goal that they scored made it easier for Shesterkin, who, you know, if he let in a bad one, and he did, he did allow bad goals. Yep. It just let him feel more comfortable. And the more comfort he gets, the better he is. It's... It's unbelievable. 
Yeah. Now, look, this series and the whole playoffs affected greatly by goaltending inter- injuries. We didn't have Freddie. Uh, Ranta, who played well, uh, injured in the first series and then hurt in the in game seven when we were still close it was still two nothing what's crazy about this uh, about game seven is kochetkov took the loss like he's the goaltender of record yep which is really unfortunate you know and people now look at the goaltending situation for the Hurricanes and say Ranta and and Anderson were fantastic. They're the Jennings Trophy winners. Are they the ones that you want to keep around because they get injured, guys? What, what you know? Huh. There's going to be a lot of questions now. Which again, I'm jumping ahead into the into the podcast and i'm i sorry but there's just so much to talk about let's, there is um, let's real, real quick before we move yeah. on just two two more serious thoughts because you, you kind of touched on this a little bit um one is you were talking about superstars yeah hurricanes have they play unselfish hockey which is great and they've that has served them pretty well but this is a letter kenny moment for those mm. of you who watch the show Selfish hockey. The Hurricanes need a true goal scorer. Yep. They need something like one that we traded away to Buffalo. <laughs> you yep. know, they need a Skinner esque, a guy who's like, every time I get the puck, I'm going to put it on. Yep. So the Hurricanes, Aho scores goals. Svestikov is, in my mind, less of a goal scorer and he's going to be more of a setup, make space kind of guy. Yeah, Tara Vinen, we love it when he scores goals, is always looking to pass first. N- you know, Natchez wants to move back to center, which probably takes him out of goal scoring and puts him back into more assists. A, I think they need a true goal scorer. That, that it would immediately improve a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The second thing is this team reminds me, um, Tampa Bay, you know, looking to go three straight. Uh, they're having their own issues with the Rangers. Yep. But before they were able to get over that hump they were very much like the hurricanes they were very quick they were on the smaller side it wasn't until they started adding a couple of bigger bodies and could grind with you more that they were able to make it and win a stanley cup final yeah so if if you go back and look at the at tampa bay you know three four five years ago very very similar in nature in my opinion to what the hurricanes are giving you I've got a question for you very quickly on that exact same vein. Do you think, would you compare this experience losing in game seven to be the aha moment that Tampa had after they were swept by Columbus? I would like to hope so. You know, I think if you go back and look at the the game film and stuff, I mean, a couple of things I think stick out and in, you know, I, I think that you go, oh, like, you know, if other teams, it's great to build a team that works well in the regular season, but it's it's about the playoffs. And we have a team that wins the regular season. We've They showed that this year. They went on, you know, 54 wins, 116 points. But the playoffs is a different beast. Yep. So I think, I, I think if that's not on Waddell's mind, that's 
troubling. It should be. It absolutely should be. You know, that that's a uh, sorry. And, and you, you had another point before I jumped in with your uh, oh, no, that, question, those, because those were, those were that <laughs> really, it, 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 it just jumped out at me that, you know, uh, the lightning really just found that it, it maybe, maybe this is the thing that just kind of says, okay, now we know exactly what we need and then we can, and we still have a lot of talent on the team and stuff. Um, we can turn things around. One of the guys that I think who could be that, that pure goal scorer that we need um, is just a kid. Uh, Jarvis could be that guy. He absolutely could be that guy from what we saw in his rookie season. You've seen his ability to go to the net. You've seen his willingness to shoot. I lost count at the number of posts that he had. And his exit interview was fantastic. He it was. He was he was great. Uh just a uh his discussion and about the effect that Rod Brindamore has had on his life. That's what I wanted to focus on. There is a kid who knows where it's at, appreciates what he's got with the team. And this is a guy who's going to, I think really want to elevate his game next season based mm -hmm. on what he's experienced. He's got that first, I, I they, they always say there's a bit of a sophomore is it the sophomore jinx sophomore slump sophomore slump i don't think i don't think he's i don't think you can he'll be that guy not with the competitive spirit that he shows not with the not with the the team that he has around him the players that he has around him not with his coach i mean he was just he he and he laid it all out I can't believe that someone said they needed to fire Rod. I hope that they got a good look at what Seth Jarvis said about Rod. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, you know, and I'm one to preach, you know, don't take what I say during a game <laughs> too seriously. Right. Because right? you're running on emotions. But but I have seen that that from a, a very small handful of people, and that's ridiculous. When I think of Jarvis's exit interview, I, I keep going back to him basically having lost a day of memory after the Truba hit. Isn't that something? And, and I, my worry is not about his willpower or his ability, but I do wonder if when he takes the ice and starts getting hit next year, will that affect him? You know, I mentioned Little. Shane Willis earlier. Some guys take that hit and and they're never quite the same. And some guys pick themselves up and just keep going. I mean, in the same year that Shane Willis got knocked out, uh, Stevens took out Ron Francis. Yeah, now, Ron's a lot older, and Ron was able to come back and just keep doing his thing. Good but Lord, that is a you know that's that, a that's my worry hit. there. That the picture of Ron, uh, of Ron trying to get off the ice. That that's exactly that that i was crying when that hit happened i cried there's no like and jarvis looking like ron trying to get off the ice 
20 years later, the NHL has not done a single thing to prevent those kind of said, Oh no, those, those are legal. Yeah. Career, career ending type of hits potentially. I, 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 I'm, I've seen what he can do in juniors. He did far better than I expected of him. He found his way to the top line. I think he, he's onto something. I think the Canes are onto something and he's going to be very productive in the future. Despite that hit. Yeah. Despite that hit. I think he's going to be very, I hope, I hope that's the outlier for him. Cause yeah, for sure. uh, You you know, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spend all time talking about that. Um, Jacob Slavin had a great exit interview as well. Got a chance to listen to him. And uh, he, like he, he said it stings, but he had, he had, good comments about I, we got a little bit of insight about his partnership with TDA which was really really interesting you know what i mean like he didn't he didn't throw him under the bus he didn't throw TDA under the bus he actually spoke very well of him but also shared some of the times where you know working with your partner out there isn't always you know smiles and sunshine either like that one episode that everyone had a laugh about they're in a face-off during the game and jacob slavin looks over to him and realizes oh crap we're in the wrong position we gotta switch and tda said nah we're not switching and left it at that and it's like when Jacob Slavin, the clear leader of the defensive team, says we need to switch, that's a lot of nerve to have to say, nah, you know, that's not what we're doing. We're staying right where we are. And he mm-hmm. spoke about TDA's emotion, which would get the better of him at times. He didn't throw again, he didn't throw him under the bus, but he stated facts pretty plainly about well, the relationship. Wasn't all sunshine that he and rainbows. No, it absolutely wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. And uh, you know, he t- spoke about how he's at peace with the situation because you know the game isn't the whole world. I have a it, it, he he called it just a game. And when I heard that, I, I didn't know what to think. There was a part of me that says, if you, it's, it's the right attitude to have for you as a person, as an individual to understand that the world does move on and it's not the end of the world if you lose a game. But part of me wondered, maybe it needs to be a little bit more, maybe it needs to be a little bit more than just a game. I feel like he's also the kind of guy who, even if he's, even if it's killing him on the inside, like he's not going to, you know, like he's going to be the, the the professional. He's going to, he's going to give you the soundbite that you kind of, not the whole interview was what you want to hear, but he's, you know, I feel like maybe he's one of those guys who's, he's not going to tell you how bad it really stinks. Cause I got a feeling he took it pretty hard. Uh, 
I'm, I, if I, had to I guess. I'm sure he did too. I, and I don't want that to sound like criticism <laughs> either. I love Slavin, but there was that part of me that goes just a game. I, <laughs> I hate that. I hate hearing that after I'm glad he's like that because I think that type of attitude is what makes him as good at his job as what he is. Right. Yeah. It's all business. But, but and, and he said he spent a lot of time saying that too. This game is business and about when, about the coming to the next season too. What is the team going to look like? What is, you know, I mean, he said yeah. that it's a business. It, he, he said he would love to have TDA stay, but it's business and everyone's going to be in for themselves. And there's a few others that are, you know, possibly yeah. moving on too. With the cliches, uh, Nino and Trocek both basically go on record saying, I want to stay, which some people got really excited about. And I said, whoa, they're all, of course, they're going to say that. E- yeah. Even if they don't want to stay, they're going to say, <laughs> you know, they're, they're still going to say that because it's the right thing to do. Right. And, you know, some, I wish there was a way we could keep them both. I, I like both guys. I wish that was an option. I don't know that it is. Yeah. But there is a little window because one of the things that we heard from the captain, Jordan Stahl, who has one more year left on his contract, yep, is that it certainly sounds like in his mind, next year is probably the end for him. Right. And before, man, he, oh before he made that comment, I would have said, you can't keep Trocek because you have KK, you're paying $4.8 million too. Yep. He's not going to be your third line guy. He's going to be your second line guy. He's got to be at that kind of money. You can't keep yeah. him on the fourth line. But if it's only for a year, if Jordan has kind of already told management, next year is going to be my last. Yeah. The money pinch would be tight for a year. But can you find a way to keep Trocek? Yeah. Then for one year, maybe KK plays fourth line center. Right. And then when Stahl retires in a year, you know, maybe KK goes up to two, Trocek drops down to three, mm-hmm. and now you're set for a couple more years. But he's also, what, 29? So yeah. he's getting to that point where he's going to get the he's Canes gonna are going to want a shorter term deal and every, you know, but he's going to want that big money deal. Uh, no question he will. And that's, man, oh man, uh, just I'm um, ha- having, having them both around is, is going to be, I mean, we, we need to have, I mean, I would love to have them back. And the fact that they said unequivocally that they want to stay is great, which is very different or partially different than guys like in Calgary, a Johnny Goudreau, who after his statement, he's UFA, and his exit interview, he said, yeah, I'd love to stay, but we're going to see where things go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks he's out the door already. (laughs) And they've got their own issues right there. So hearing them as force say forcefully that they want to stay, it gave a little bit different impression. You can kind of get a different vibe from the guys that actually, when they say they want to say, of course you were right, Brad, of course they're going to say they want to stay They're They, you know, they love their team that not very many guys would say, yeah, that, that's it for me. I'm out of here. See ya. Like that's not that's not their right answer. versus versus like no no I want to say like there was no 
but yeah. there was no, there was just, I, I want, I want to stay. And that's fantastic. And that was fantastic. So I, I I'm with you. I'd love to keep them both. I don't know what kind of financial gymnastics they're going to have to pull because it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be impressive. And what does keeping them around do to the guys coming up from the farm as well? I mean, we've got that we've got talent that we could bring up as well. And so where does that all fit into the grand scheme of things of what we're willing to let go? Like that's where, you know, that's where I think of the two. And since we're speaking of Trocek and Niederreiter specifically of the two, I think, I think Trocek is the one I don't want him to leave but he might be the guy easier to let go of than Nino and Nino Nino stays because we need to keep that third line together. What they have is magnificent (laughs) special. Yeah. We need to keep that together. And if Nino's going to keep, he wants to stay and he's going to keep putting in the effort, man, let's keep them. Let's keep them. And it, speaking of goal scorers who can put the puck in the net, Goudreau. Yeah. The weather's really nice in Raleigh, North Carolina. Good. Uh, if t- we t- got Johnny <laughs> Hockey, holy crap. Uh, uh, okay. And you saying that? Just the thought of Johnny Hockey. He'd be a good fit. Be a good fit. He's smaller. True. He's smaller, but. Holy 115 points, I think, in the regular season and 15 in the playoffs, I think. I, I I've 14, had the, I, I've had the joy of being here in Calgary and having and getting a chance to watch him work his magic up close. I see it more than probably many of our our listeners. And I'm telling you right now, if it meant we had to give up on Trojek and Nino. Despite what I just said about we must keep Nino, I would say yes. It's it's a lot yes. of talent. It's in, it's, in one he's, body. He's crazy good, crazy yeah. good. Um, and uh, say so real quick to add because so you you mentioned salary cap implication things. Yeah, a real quick one to bring up because a lot of people may not really know who he is. Jake Gardner. Yes, considered to be a hundred percent healthy. He had both hips and his back worked on. He is another guy. He's an offensive puck moving defenseman. Mm-hmm. He can run the power play in Toronto. He did a great job when he got traded to Carolina. I at that point he had already been injured. I don't think he ever played a game for Carolina that wasn't that he wasn't hurting. I yeah. mean, both hips and back is not something you can do in skate, right? Never at a hundred percent ever. So he's going to cost the Canes his his. So he's not on LTIR anymore. That's going to cost the Canes about four million bucks, a little less than two if they buy him out. But if you don't want to keep TDA, Garner is 
as good of an offensive defenseman as TDA is, at least he, he has proven in the past he can be. He's yep. not nearly the defensive liability no. that TDA is. He's he, I'm not saying he's a great defender because we all know that offensive defensemen generally aren't, but he is a serviceable defender. Yep. And I know there are people listening that I'm sure are big Tony fans. He's not good at defense. You can he's not our best defender because he points up points. He's his defense is poor. It just it's you bring him in to put points on the board. That's why he's there. Yep. Gardner can do that. Gardner can actually also play some defense. Yep. Uh you take a risk, right? Because he's been, you know, he had a his last season was just brutal two years ago. Oh man. Just an abomination of a season. So yep. But if he's a hundred percent healthy, that's a body I would be willing to take a chance on. Because you're you're already paying him, right? Yeah. You know, it's four to keep him, two to leave. That's two million bucks that you could use somewhere else. But you know, if you if if I believe D'Angelo is arbitration eligible, I believe I'd, I'd I have to double so. check. But he is a restricted free agent. But yep. a qualifying offer for him could easily be four or five million dollars or more. Yep. For several years, I don't trust him to not blow up during that time frame. You saw it come out toward the end of the season, the playoffs. Like he's been on his best behavior, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I I still don't trust him to not lose his cool, especially in light of some of the things that Jacob Slavin said. Yeah, T, yeah, TD. When you TDA? have an option, you're already paying for. If you could, if you can trade D'Angelo and get something back for him, I I, I would entertain yeah. that with knowing that Gardner is a hundred percent. Because the reality is that either of those guys is going to give you similar numbers with similar, slightly better going toward Garner defensive capabilities. I'm going to jump in with a comment on TDA. I, I appreciated everything he did offensively for the team. He put like for the most part from the moment he was brought in what did i say i wanted him to put up and shut up and for the majority of the season that is exactly what he did yep until the very end until the very end where in my mind he took a little too much joy in being the villain you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there was something there that that he. What did he put up for points in the final series? Two. He had an assist and a goal. After really putting up great numbers in the first one, he goes up against a team that he used to play with, and booed every time he got touched the puck, in New York, vociferously. And he, I think, enjoyed that a little too much. And it took his focus off what he was doing so well against Boston. Now, who am I to judge? But you could see a much different talent and ability and skill in the 
in that series against the Rangers than you did against Boston. So your question and your statement about whether or not he could maintain the put up and shut up attitude for the length of a long-term contract, I'm kind of with you. That's a huge question because he really didn't do all that well when push came to shove at the very end. He enjoyed being the villain a little bit too much. And the Hurricanes at this point have had a few too many guys that were paying to not play hockey. Yeah. Alexander Semen. Yeah. Whose Albatross contract has finally come off the books. Finally. You know, you, you don't want to get into that situation. Now, that being said, in some ways, as long as Tony can put up points, it's a safe bet. Yeah. Because if, you know, if he's going to put up 60 points a year, somebody's going to take a risk on him. No question. Probably. But the Hurricanes signed him for a million bucks. So his market, even with that talent, was not existent before this year. You know, if, if I don't know that he'll be worth more than he's ever going to be to the Canes right now in a trade Mm -hmm. because he's, he more or less kept his head, you know, kept his cool on the ice. He put up the points. You know, I'm not saying his trade value is high, but I don't know yeah. that it will ever get better than it would be right now. So something to think about. Yeah, something definitely to think about. We're going to move on to, uh, you know, it, it's a segment that we've done all year and you came up with the perfect name for it at the end of it. This is, what I think, what we'll call it from now on instead of my oh. long out, long drawn out <laughs> Uh, way of describing it we'll call it the storm center uh the storm center is now the segment we'll we'll name it that what we always do depression storm hurricane whatever we want to call for and we'll do this one for the season and we may do it a couple more times based on what we've got planned going later on in in the year in, in podcasts but we'll will you and i will break this down you and I, the season, the storm center, this is what we're calling it, depression, storm, hurricane. Which way do you want to go from bad all the way to good, good all the way to bad? Which way do you want to go? Let's go, let's go bad and good. Let's finish, let's finish high. Finish strong, finish strong like that. Okay, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put to you tropical depression. Uh, easy for me, and that is... Uh, special teams, and I'm including the coaches on special teams. Yeah. For the third year in a row, our special teams in the playoffs just has gone away with very little uh, real movement. They tried some things. None of them were effective. Mm. That's a coaching issue. If Jeff Daniels is not the guy to coach the power play, and he's not, Bring in a power play coach. I'm not saying you have to get rid of Daniels. I'm saying Tom needs to open up the wallet and spend, you know, what he needs to spend on a power play coach. Somebody whose job is to say, this is what we're going to do. And when it's not working, I have other ideas and ways to make this work. Right. So some of it's the players, but a lot of it comes down to we know the one too many passes. Like the, the thing the players need to do is get more aggressive. Yeah. Shoot the damn puck. Part yeah. of my language. Coaches, if it's not working, 
like swapping in Jarvis for Spechnikov, I think it was on power play one, worked a little yep. bit. At least that was something, mm-hmm. right? But then even that started to fall through. Try something else. Um, you know, it, it's not that there's only so much you can do because if you look at the other games going around the league, there yeah. are some dynamic power plays. The the Wolves game last night. Oh my gosh, Chicago Wolves. Yeah, watch the, who's their power play guy. Let's let's bring him in. Bring him up. Bring <laughs> so him up. 100%. For, for for me, the special teams kind of disappeared in the playoffs, and and I'm including the coaching staff on that. Starting at the top with Rod. Something has to be done about this because this is not a one-time event now. This is three years in a row Yep, where we've had it. If you take out the first half of the season, our special team numbers don't look that good. They, they look okay. They're not bad. But, you know, that 88% and all that 20-something percent power play percentage yeah. all came from the first half of the season. I hear you. <laughs> I keep here in your description and I'm, I was listening to you, I promise. But the whole time you were, the whole time you were saying that I had that one scene in the Simpsons where Ned Flanders family were trying to deal <laughs> with Ned Flanders as a kid. And the mom says, we tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. Right. That, <laughs> like, that, it's like, yeah, that's, yes, exactly, that's it. That's exactly it. That's exactly, that's exactly it. If I have a tropical depression and I hate, I hate this to bring it down to one person. Ooh. <laughs> if I, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate this. I'm going to ask Tom to trade Martin Natchez. Martin Natchez has a lot of talent a lot of skill but the frustration of his complete and total disappearance in the playoffs coupled with the fact that he you can't look at his contract and move him down to the fourth line he you know to make room on the top line for someone who can be more productive, where do you put him? You certainly don't put him on the top line. He was, he was a threat on the second line. The problem being whole teams identified that he was never going to shoot and they left him open. He's not when, going when to shoot the broadcast the puck. team knows it. Everybody, knows everyone it. knows it. Everyone knows it. And I hate <laughs> putting his name there because I see everything that he could bring. I see the talent that he has, his quickness. Um, he's, he's okay. on. The, he's good on the penalty kill because he spends time there as too. He's quick. He's got a great shot. He doesn't do it enough. And if we're looking at assets to make the team better, he's something that could garner something good in return. He's something that could garner something good in return. I hate saying it. <laughs> My tropical depression, Martin Natchez. He he started off the year pretty well. Yeah. And then once we sure hit did. like the all-star break, things went south. 
very quickly and just stayed there. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I, I like it. So for guys in his 40-point scores, you know, the range is like a million and a half to five million kind of depend on what their deal is. I said he would need to be in the lower half of that. And I don't mean a, a million and a half. That's ridiculous. But I don't know, three, three and a half million maybe. And then you give it a shot. If it's a team-friendly deal, I think you give him a shot. Because at that kind of money, if he doesn't rebound in Carolina, then you move him at the trade deadline or you move him during the season. Sure. And, and But at least you get another look and say, slumps happen. But he just completely disappeared in some ways. And for me, I, I you know, wa- watching, sometimes watching things, I, I get a good idea of what should happen. I'm bad about this with like uh, with video games, like League of Legends, right? Yeah, yeah, your yeah. cross pollination. I can see the right move, but I am not the person to make the move, right? And and Marty is the opposite to me. He has all the talent, all the skill, but his hockey sense in some ways hasn't improved the way that I think it should. Referenced by things like, and we talked about this a bunch, like the drop passes to nobody. Or like, not like he did it twice. He did it like 15 times, like over did. the course of like three months. And, and how, at some point you have to say, I can't do that anymore. So it's not, a, I'm not worried about his talent. I'm worried about is, is he, is his awareness of the game going to improve up to the level of the talent? Because then I think he's potentially going to be really great second liner. How about in game seven? The perfect example of what you just described, where he's got the puck, he's carrying it in, and he cuts into the triple A position to shoot unguarded right in the slot, 12 feet out. He's got an excellent chance to beat Shesterkin, and he's got the ability to do it, and he threw it over to Svechnikov, who was surprised to get the puck. And it bounced off his stick and not even a, a shot. prime opportunity yeah. and not even a shot. And I screamed. Uh, I, that Literally. is exactly the type. And some of that, some of that you can say that's not, that's not hockey sense. That's confidence maybe, but whichever side of the coin you want to put that on, uh, I, I said on Twitter, I said, I would find every time he passes up a, a decent, not even a good, a decent shooting opportunity, I'd find him 500 you bucks. You said it here and you're right. Fine. Find him. Like hit him like, where it hurts. He, he, he needs to understand that. Like we'll never be mad for you taking that shot. I will no. get mad at you passing up. What was a really good shooting opportunity. Yeah, maybe it doesn't go in. Okay. So like you said, Svechna wasn't ready for the pass. No. And fumbled it. And then we get nothing out of it. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of thing that frustrates me about him. I would like to see him back. I would like to give him another opportunity. If it doesn't work out, I think that maybe it's just the system. And I I don't think he's going to be a bust. Whether it's for us or somebody else, I think he's going to end no. up being a very good hockey player. He's got the question way too is, much talent. Is, is Carolina the place where that's going to happen? That's my question. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I don't like I don't like saying that. Uh, not even in the least. Who's who's your storm, or who or what is your storm? Um, 
my storm is is maybe out a little bit outside the box. My storm is going to be the up and coming kids from Chicago. Watching, I haven't gotten a lot a chance to watch a lot of Wolves games, but I've seen a couple. I certainly try and go back and catch highlights when I can. We have a couple of guys down there that should be able to make the club next year and make an impact. And that's the kind of thing where that gives you a little, you know, a little spark for the future, which is what being the storm is about, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not doing anything for the club this year insofar as the big team, but they are making a significant impact with, you know, the, they won game one of their uh, Western Conference finals game last night with, uh, with Reese putting in a goal, a beautiful OT winner. So I'm because for the most part, I think all the, you know, all of our NHL level players did a very good job collectively. They kind of disappeared in the playoffs. That's kind of on everybody. But looking at some of those AHL talent that we have, um, you know, guys like Drury, guys like Chatfield, uh, Kuchetkov, that some of those guys will be in your future, and I can't wait to get those guys up to the show. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? I can't wait for the, I guess, you know, the start of the next season. And the selection process and how intense making that team is going to be because there's an unbelievable amount of talent that we have. Mm -hmm. It's, Um, it's an embarrassment of riches. Let's be honest. Embarrassment of riches. That's another thing to absolutely love about this team. Absolutely love is that it's run the right way. And we're going to be turning out these great players and stuff. And if you can build it from the ground up, uh, that's a recipe for success. Absolutely. Especially in a, in a salary cap league. Yeah. No question. No question. Um, who, do you, who do you have for? Who is I your storm? A, who, who or what? Uh, my storm. My. My storm, my storm is Rod. And there's in Rod we trust, okay, right off the top. <laughs> to me, he he is beyond reproach. Anyone trying to talk about getting rid of them needs to give their head a shake and understand. I mean, he got voted on. There were 10 uh in the Jack Adams voting which uh, Sutter won this year, uh, he ended up getting a number one vote. Ten coaches out there got number one votes, and he was one of them. And rightfully so. He's amazing. The fire, the passion, the love that he has for this team is great, beyond reproach. But you kind of touched on it. The Where he has a hand in finding the right combinations. There were times where maybe he shuffled the lines a little too much. I'll say this. How was that SAT line the start of the year? They were good. Scary. It was, it was scary. Good. It never came back. And I know 
I know that would have meant moving Jarvis down to the second line. And Jarvis earned every single bit of his opportunity to be on the number one line. But the SAT line was something special. And we never saw it once. When those top lines were struggling and you need it in game seven, why didn't he throw that out there and mix it up? Like, why? Because, and yes, I know that's putting kind of all your eggs, uh, you know, all your eggs in one basket, right? He, he made the full lineup better by being able to have Jarvis up there who was playing great and worthy of time. And then what he was able to make the whole team lines stronger throughout. But there are times when you need to go all in. There's times when you need to shove. And he didn't. And I wonder about that. I wanted the SAT line. At the very least, from the second that, I mean, from the second that they took Jarvis out of the game, we did start getting the SAT line. Like we did. Had no choice. Yeah. He had no choice in the matter, though. Whereas you could have done that any time throughout that series in game six. It could have happened then and didn't. I don't know. That that's my only the the tinkering, he had something that was sure to work or had an excellent opportunity to can't say sure because it's the playoffs and things happen in the playoffs. But that's what I wanted and it didn't happen. And I just and he and he's I mean, as a coach, he's you know, this is his what fourth year? So fourth year. But who year. And, so, and again, who the so hell he, am I? So yeah, so he but no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. He 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 you know, he he's got room to grow and he's got to, you know, I think he put such faith and loyalty in his staff and in his players that you know may you know once he gets a little older he may have to step back a little bit you know you know i'm just wondering objectively if he's seeing some of the things that we're seeing for example power play coaching like you know because he's known jeff tangles for 20 years yeah right as a player and then as a as a coach and and now as you know his assistant coach so I, I think that's a good one. Rod's, Rod's doing Rod. Rod yeah, Rod's so not going. I love. He's. <laughs> I love. I love him to death. Honestly, but that was just one thing. That's the only reason why I wouldn't put him uh, in in the hurricane status. I'd say he's like right on the cusp, right on the cusp of being my hurricane. Your hurricane for the season. Uh, easy, Auntie uh, Ranta. Wasn't it R- Ranta? You brought in Freddie. Who we found out in the exit interview had a torn MCL. There's no plan on that. Like, like he, they kept saying he's close. I don't, I don't think he was really all that close. Um, because I don't, you know, that's that's just as a goaltender, you can't move laterally without an MCL with a torn no. MCL. It's just not going to happen. Ronta came into the playoffs, put up better numbers than either he or Freddie had during the regular season, and kept you in games that you didn't necessarily deserve to to be in and and did everything you asked of him in series one he goes out hurt 
I'm betting you dollars for donuts. He had an MCL sprain. Uh, a minor one in, in yeah. round one. Cause he, he, he did look a little off in two, but I was like, Oh, he's maybe a lot of people said, Oh, he's tired. He's overworked. I don't, I, I think that knee was bothering him and he just wasn't letting anybody know. Right. Obviously in game seven, he gets knocked out in the X interview. It is an MCL sprain. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. if you're ever watching a goalie and they, they're moving laterally and then they just do that whole like flop straight on their face. Oh, good Lord. That's My heart. Just M- MCL out. and ACL should be the only two things you're thinking about because yeah, one of those no things question. really hurts. So Auntie Ranta could not have been any better for us. Um, you said early on in today's podcast about do you, you know, do you want Anderson and Ranta back as your pair? And I say you do because even with the injury bug, now you have Kochetkov, who's going to have that much more experience ready to go. So, yeah, Ante Ranta is my hurricane. Uh, and, and an outstanding pick. I couldn't have been more proud of him for the effort that he put in for the, the entire success. afternoon. <laughs> but it will be about five more minutes. Yes. Okay. So, I, I could not have been uh happier for his effort and what he put through it was tremendous it was it was he did everything that we needed and what's what's great is that i always hated hearing him being called a backup goaltender you know yeah what is there about him that is backup Uh, honestly he showed how incredibly great and i i gumby saves Right. So so many. <laughs> There's so many Gumby saves and and what we saw in game seven in that second period is what it looked like when you stretch Gumby too far. Yep. When you stretch him too far. One. You play him around and you push the edge and you push the edge, but you stretch him too far and it just it's it breaks. That is what it is. There's a limit. But what he put out, there's no questioning his heart. There's no questioning no, his desire. not a bit. And you saw his face in game six, right? When he was on the bench after he was pulled, he had a, he had a bad game. And you knew that coming back to game seven, it was not going to be like that. No. And the two goals that he allowed, both on the power play, both he had no chance on, none. Cop was allowed to, to skate between, right between four hurricanes I, for that second goal. I It was... Fr- frustration that's, that's right? not, on, that's he not got, he got, no it's not on him at all what a fantastic pick yours is um predictably i think my hurricane is stall boss need rider wow what a combo just wow there were i mean they they played together from the start of the season and you, it's funny. Again, Rod liked to move around lines a little bit. He he never touched them once because he knew what they did. He knew what they brought, and so successful. And when the the captain, what can you say about Stahl? Honestly, I mean the man worked so bloody hard and he was struggling at the start and people like oh maybe it's time for stall to hang him up and whatever then he goes on a streak putting pucks in the net 
and everyone's like, oh, wow, great. You know, and it's like, guys, he's still that's doing a bonus it. for me. That's just bonus for, yeah, exactly. Exactly. What he brings to the team defensively, what he does, winning the faceoffs. And I, I, you've heard me say it over and over again. Controlling the play from the very start is so important. That's why you w- want guys like him who can win those face-offs over and over and over again, especially for the penalty kills. But beyond, you just want to control the puck right from the start. When you're in control, you're, you're you know, dictating how the game is going to go. Niederreiter, I mean, he skates so hard, and he's got a little bit of edge to him. You know what I mean? Smart. Like, he's smart. He, he's smart. And, I, like, he took a couple of penalties – that or like whatever, but they always, everyone does, everyone does. And how about Jesper Faust? Man, he kind of came into his own this season, I thought. He really did. Where he was really terrific. And the cohesiveness that that line has together, they just all move fluently. Their, their forecheck was just something of, of pure joy as a hockey fan when you're watching that line come out and keep the other team's best line in their end along the boards desperately trying to get out of their own end for their entire shift what I mean, that's perfection you know what it, they, they really talk is. about the perfection <laughs> line that's the, you know boston get the heck out of here that's not the, you don't have anything close to it this was these guys i love them they were hurricane and they were the strong hurricane throughout the season throughout the season longevity ability skill talent desire heart throw ever there's not really an adjective that you couldn't put out for them to praise them enough there yeah. really isn't. And, and that's a great pick. And you, you mentioned the perfection line. In, in Raleigh, Brad Marchand had one point in seven games paired against that line. In yep. Boston, when they had you know second change, last change, he had 10 points in, in one less game. And that's directly, directly attributed to our third line. What, uh, no what question. a great job. It was, they were outstanding. Loved everything about them. Um, so that kind of does it for kind of our season take, season wrap. But we're not shutting things down. The storm cellar is not closed. We're going to keep things going because one of the most important parts of our program is hearing from you. Yes, I'm talking to you, our listeners, you directly. I can't even tell you how much Brad and I appreciate you tuning into us, hearing what we have to say, sharing your questions, and joining us. We've had some fantastic, fantastic guests in this past year. Brilliant, smart, diverse, wonderful, through and through. And we want to keep that going. Your roundtable idea, I cannot wait for the roundtable. Me, me too. So if you're listening, if, you're in, if you have an idea for a topic, send it to us. 
Uh, the idea yes. is we're going to maybe get three, four, five listeners or, or, or people to come on with Ray and I and spend an hour on a given topic and just Ray and I will do more listening than anything, maybe. That's what um, I'd love. So, yeah. So if, if you have ideas, let us know. If you want to participate, let us know. Um, I, I think what we're going to do is maybe maybe try and set one of those up, Ray, every two to three weeks uh, instead yes. of trying to do, because, you know, every week gets hard to do for 52 sure. weeks a year. So I think every couple of weeks we're going to try and set one of these up. That'll give us a little time to get people together. Um, we're hoping to have some some opposing viewpoints. We don't want you know people to talk about an issue that just all agree on everything because that's boring. Um, so I think we're really looking forward to those. Um, and then the other uh, announcement, which I'll kind of preview a little bit, is uh, I think coming in October at the start of next hockey season, um, we're going to have a spinoff podcast. If can you do a spinoff podcast? Yes, you 100% can. Absolutely. Um, my son and I have been thinking about um, and working on an idea for a Whalers history podcast. Oh, my dude. We are going to spend the next season going through 26 episodes. It'll be a bi-weekly podcast, 26 episodes. There's about 26 years of Whalers history to go through, oh, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Ray will be joining us to help uh, insert some... Uh, some whalers knowledge uh, but that's going to oh, be man. a really fun thing for us to do and i can't i can't wait for that either i can't yep. wait for that either because it's going to be it's going to be so great when you brought up the idea a couple of weeks back i just kind of i was like oh thank you so much you're speaking to my heart as someone who loved the whalers and there's many of us who did it, 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 here's here's the thing. I, I know a lot of people, some of our listeners will look at the Hurricanes usage of the Whalers and that throwback jersey uh, as just a cash grab. That's how they look at it. But for me, it's honoring history. At any time, you can look back at a team and talk about what they did the good and the bad there were tough seasons for the yep. whalers there's lots of heartbreak for me back there for the whalers but there's no shortage of love no shortage of love either yep. and it just uh it's very formative so for me that's going to be fantastic and i couldn't have thanked you and sully enough because uh, oh, wow it, it was it was his idea and i said that sounds awesome let's do it uh and you're right or, or is Whalers throwback night? Is that a cash grab? Yeah. Yeah. But is it also honoring the history? Yes. Uh, do we think that the Hurricanes could and should do more to honor Whalers history? 100%. I, I think they should. I know you agree with me. Uh, the different discussions. But for some of you, we're hoping that uh, our newer hockey fans or our Hurricanes fans and really don't know much about the Whale, this will be, you know, this is a father son project to have some fun. The two of us. Um, to go through and learn some history, which is something I love. Uh, we have you on board, who's you know who's a, was a Whalers fan. Um, I think even if you aren't a Whalers fan, even if you think that those nights are are cash grabby kinds of things, I think that we're going to be able to put something together that will at least still be interesting. That people go, "Hey, that's really cool. I didn't know that." Because the idea is to kind of go through one season per episode. Yeah throughout the life. And then that last episode will probably be, I think the Whalers were on, I think it was for 25 years, a transitional episode. And then 
if we have fun doing it, maybe we'll do a season two of that podcast that focuses on 26 years of Kane's history. And when, which would be fun. So, and I have to say, having it be a father son project, I can't even tell you how awesome I think that is. That's bad. That's fantastic. I can't wait. We're looking forward it, to it. That's good. That's such a that's such a great thing. And for me to be even a small part of that to with you, it would be fantastic. But when this is all done, when it's all said and done, I think the people who didn't know why there are guys like me out there who wear my wheelers gear as proud as I wear my cane gear, you're getting to get an understanding why it was so easy to stay from the this team from the whalers all the way to the hurricanes and see it all the way through and why we're so passionate about it and why we actually see it first and foremost as a honoring of our history over the cash grab you're going to yeah. get an example of that so that's going to be so, great so round tables this summer and then the fall double duty and one other thing we should share and we're going to I'm sure we're going to, I've got some ideas. We're going to do something coming up in a scant three weeks. A month, right? Uh, yeah. One month, almost, almost, almost yeah. to the day. Yeah. Almost to the day in one month, <laughs> Raymond and Brad together in the same place doing a little bit of traveling with my wife live going out to see yeah and it's going to be live the first it's, time in 20 something years <laughs> I, I can't even wait to give you the biggest hug it's going to be like the bro hug of all same, time same I, it's so I and I, i've always been a hugger so that's the first <laughs> warning but i i'm telling you it it was I even heard a guy's back one time celebrating a team canada goal i hugged him a little <laughs> too hard so i'm warning you right now when I get passionate, the hugs are big. So, um, but it, this is so exciting for me uh, to not, I mean, the, the trip is to go see the rest of Canada as a Western Canadian. I, I haven't seen my whole country and I'm ashamed of that. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that with the travel, but then we're eking our way south and we're going to be in boston and there's lots of other personal things that i mean uh fenway and all the rest of it that i'm gonna it's you know bucket list stuff and sorry i'm taking this off into a different direction. no not at all this is I'm what we're so here excited. for right? i'm so excited Caniacs get to meet I'm, in person and, for the first and we time get to meet in 20 person. years of friendship this is unbelievable it's so cool well i i'm definitely we're getting lots of pictures um I got yeah, well, a few ideas for some great pictures that we'll have to share. Let's do with it. Two of us because it's going to be. I got an idea. <laughs> it's going to be. I, I've got a couple too. It's going to be outstanding. We're going to have so much fun. I cannot wait. Um, and I wish all our listeners could be there with honestly, because I love the fans I, 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 as much as I love you. What we've developed here and our guests who listen and who have joined us. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is it's so a lot great. of fun. It is, isn't it? It's just great. It really is. So we wanted to finish high, and that's what we've just done. Uh, I'm going to see you in three weeks. Right? Can't wait. That hug is going to be huge. It's, all my, it's been on my calendar. I got two reminders. <laughs> Cleared my schedule, everything. Uh, yeah. 
it's going to be, it's going to be outstanding. So that's it for, uh, that's it for this storm seller. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you to the Canes. I mean, you know what? Heck of a season. Heck of a season. A lot of good things to look back on. And look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a sting of an end to a record breaking season in a number of, in a number of ways. And the window is still open. Regardless of how much it hurts, that window is still open. Yes, it is. And look forward to some big things. Um, Is there really anything else left to say? Go Canes. Go Canes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a caniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.